want to do is play through it and it is yours and you don't even have to do any research. Just watch these videos multiple times a week. Throw on these props and let the money roll in. Got two of them for you today. Two from the Cleveland game, two from the Orlando game. Before I get to that, don't forget to like and subscribe over on the Sharpside channel so you know exactly when these videos come out. All right, let's get to my first prop here. It's a two out of three rapid fire in the Minnesota game. All right, so first off, we got Russell going up against Vooch. Russ is getting 7.5 fantasy points. That's way, way too much. Russell is a fantastic scorer. He's the entirety of this offense. He is going to smash here. Boost may have a good game. It is a good matchup. Obviously, Minnesota doesn't have a lot of great bigs, but does not matter. This is a spot where Russell is going to be chucking the entire game. If it blows out, he'll still probably get there. If it doesn't blow out, he'll definitely get there. There's a lot of scenarios where Vooch ends up winning, but there's way more that Russell does. 7.5 to 2, I have a number. Go with Russell. Next up, Fournier versus Gordon. Again, Gordon has been on a tear recently. I don't care. Nine and a half is a big number. Currently, that's about where projected systems have him. Slight edge over to Fournier, but still, Fournier consistently putting up 30 on every single game basis. If this blows out, Gordon's not going to win this. If this doesn't blow out, still a decent chance Fournier ends up winning this. 47 in his last game. Good matchup for him. Good spot for him. I'm taking Fournier last up. Fultz versus Beasley. Fultz is projected for more points. I haven't projected for more points. Fultz is the better play. Fultz has a better matchup. Beasley going up against a tough Orlando team that's very good at defending too. I'm taking Fultz every single time, and I'm getting points. I'd be giving up three points, and I'd still take Fultz. So you take Fultz over Beasley every single time. All right, next up, we got my second prop. It's a two out of three over under, or more or less, in the Minnesota game. All right, so we got Vooch, more or less than 50.5. This number is way too high. This number is so high. It should be mid-40s, chance of a blowout. If there is a blowout, then guaranteed he's got to hit the under. If there isn't a blowout, still decent chance he hits the under. I haven't pegged for around 43 right now. Most projecting systems are about the same. No place hasn't projected for over 50. So I'm rolling with the less. Just don't overthink it. Next up, Russell, more or less than 43.5. I'm going with the less here. It's still a decent number, but the chance of a blowout, He's not going to end up getting, hitting the over. If the game stays close and it's actually competitive, still a decent chance he doesn't hit the over. In three of his last four games, has not hit over this mark. I don't think he's going to again in this spot. I'm taking the under. Last up, Gordon, more or less than 40.5. It's tough, but he's been crushing. It's a good spot. If the game blows out, I don't know if he gets there. There's a chance. This game doesn't blow out. He's for sure getting there. He's been getting over 40 and four straight here. Been on a tear even before the All-Star game. Six straight, actually, of him over 40. So just expect it here. May or may not hit, but the chances are more likely than it hits. All right, next up, we have my third prop here. It's a two out of three rapid fire in the Pelicans game. All right, so we got Love going up against Holiday. Love is clearly the better play, considering he's getting nine and a half points here. That's too high of a spread for this one. Holiday still consistently putting up numbers, but with all this Pelicans team healthy, even in a good matchup versus Cleveland, this is just way too high of a number. Holiday probably going to end up in the low 40 range here, but Love more than likely going to end up in the mid-30s with a shot at 40-something. I wouldn't be surprised if Love ends up outscoring Holiday altogether here, so I'm taking him plus nine and a half. Next up, Zion versus Ingram. This is a silly line. Zion is not even favored. This doesn't make sense. Zion consistently putting up 40. Ingram getting a big downturn in usage since Zion's gotten into the line. Yes, he can occasionally put up a good game, but doesn't matter. Zion's going to crush here. Last up, Sexton versus Ball here. Sexton getting five and a half points. This one's a close one, but I like Sexton here. 
Ball consistently around the 30-point range. Sexton consistently around the 30-point range. You're getting five and a half points. You roll with Sexton. All right, guys. Last up, we got my last problem of the night before we get to that. Again, don't forget to like and subscribe over on the Sharpside channel so you know when these videos come out. But let's get to my last problem of the night here. It is a two out of two rapid fire. All right, so we got Love versus Holiday. Again, I already told you. I've already explained both of these, but I'll go over it again. Love, projected for mid-30s, going to have a decent game in all likelihood. Wouldn't be surprised if he outscores Holiday straight up, and he's getting almost 10 points. This is a silly line. Doesn't make sense to me at all. Hammer it. Next up, Williamson versus Ingram. Again, Zion's going to win straight up, so why would I roll with Ingram if Zion's actually the underdog? This doesn't make any sense. Clearly a bad line. Hammer it. Both these are fantastic. Both should easily hit. Take them and move on. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. Hope you enjoyed the video. We'll be back again next week giving you some more props. I'm out of here. Hey, kids. Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports, make sure you check out the current videos playlist.
Hello, everybody. What is going on? Happy Friday, and welcome to Grinders Live over on Road of Grinders. I'm Craig, joined by Kyle Murray. We're talking tonight's nine-game NBA DFS slate. We're going to talk DraftKings. We're going to talk FanDuel, and of course, we're going to be talking to you guys in the YouTube chat. So if you're uh, if you're over on YouTube. Go ahead, pull up the chat. If you're watching on Roto-Grinders, click the refresh button because it should have the Discord up right now. You're refreshing. You're going to see the YouTube chat. So go ahead and get in there, chat with us. Games to get to, of course. But first, Kyle, how we doing, buddy? Good, man. Yeah, you mentioned it. it's, a, it's a nice Friday, so one day away from the weekend. And, yeah, I'm excited. It's, it's a pretty nice slate, you know, a sizable slate. You know, past week or so, it's been, you know, either small or medium-sized slate. So it's good to get back into a, a large slate. I think it's a good one. Yeah, you know, you've. I prefer the smaller slates, of course. These nine-game slates are always a little bit intimidating to me, and I kind of, ooh, it's a little bit concerning to play because you feel like it, it's so hard to hit the nuts on a slate like this because you're going to have so many different options. And, of course, that's the way it is today. We've got, you know, a few games that we want to target. We've got a few games that we want to fade. A game that everybody else is going to fade, I'm actually going to target. But – yeah, you know, you mentioned you like this slate. What do you like about it? Is there just some bad shock, some good shock? What do you like? Well, I think, you know, it hasn't been too hectic with the injuries. I think uh, I might have jinxed it a little bit. We do have uh, some. Why, you know, do you, why would you say that? Because I, I always do it with you because I think it's funny how uh, oh, you're so superstitious. But, you know, I, I, I actually like the late news, so I don't mind it as long as it's not too crazy. But, um, yeah, I think it's just refreshing. You know, we've had a lot of smaller slates, and when you're – when you're playing the NBA slates, the small slates are nice when it comes to research and whatnot, but sometimes the ownership gets really condensed. So getting a, a little bit bigger of a slate here, the 10-gamer, I think is uh, refreshing for me. Maybe we'll have some guys lower owned. And so I'm, I'm excited, just like a, kind of a, a refresh here. Yeah, you know, it's funny because you mentioned some guys are going to be lower owned. One of my favorite plays on the slate is projected at uh, 1%, which I like. Oh. I, I really like that. We'll talk about him. A little bit later in the chat they're complaining it says eric only talks gpps and never talks yahoo yeah i look if you guys want me to talk cash games that's not good for you right. <laughs> you're wanting cash games take check out the expert survey check out some other stuff on road grinders because your boy over here especially this time of year like kyle you got to be kind of a sicko to be playing nba cash games in march right yeah, I mean, I've never been a cash game guy. You know, I don't think I've ever consistently played cash games in any sport at any time. So I'm I'm purely tournaments. So I I guess I'm always a sicko or or I'm not a sicko at all. I don't know how you want to put it, but I mean, either look, way, to me, I'm like the cash games, the you know, the cash line is higher than tournaments, and you don't have any upside. So I do I don't understand the people that fire the cash games. If you guys want to do that? Knock yourselves out. Have fun. But if you want cash game advice. Look, if you want to ask, I'll answer. I'm just not saying you're going to like the answer, whether it's before the slate or at the end of the slate. But, uh, Kyle, let's talk about the slate, of course. Like we said, we have nine games. We've got some good matchups here. Of course, Minnesota, a team without Carl Anthony Towns. I'm going to open up the old Situation Room really quick. And I've always said that uh, Situation Room, it is the best thing, I think, as far as premium content that we have. It is the one place where I start out – Every single day as far as research goes. Because, look, if you don't know who's in and who's out, what's even the damn point of playing, especially this late, guys? I'm, we've got Carl Anthony Towns. He's going to miss. De'Aaron Fox, uh, we're, he's questionable. Luka Doncic is also questionable. It sounds like Luka's going to play. Uh, Serge Ibaka, I don't know what to make of Serge Ibaka. Do you think he ends up playing? Because I'm really kind of going back and forth with this one. 
Yeah, he's kind of a uh, truly questionable for me. You know, you mentioned it. Luca Carlisle just mentioned that he's closer to probable with that thumb injury uh, on his 21st birthday. But um, yeah, so I, for the other guys, for Fox and um, Ibaka, I think they're truly questionable. I, I really don't have a lean on either of them. Uh, Fox said he was hopeful that he would play, but considering he just missed last night's game, makes it hard to necessarily believe that. You know, I think so. I think they're both truly questionable. So let's say you're about to turn 21 and then you're the NBA, you're a professional NBA player. So you're doing okay. You know, the ladies are all over you anyways, but then you're about to turn 21 and your team flies into Miami. Luca, it sounds like he's probable with a thumb. Um, I don't believe at all. It's a thumb. I believe it's the old Miami hangover, but yeah, I would not be playing if I was Luca. I just want to point that out there. There is no way I would be playing a game today. I would be all kinds of hungover. Would you actually be playing basketball today? Well, just based on the experience of my 21st birthday a few years ago, I know I wouldn't be able to play. Uh, it, was, it was a tough night for me. But you, know, you have to consider he's from a different country, so maybe he's already had this kind of 21st That's birthday. True. I'm sure it wasn't in Miami with uh you know a couple million dollars in his pocket or whatever it might be but you know maybe he's already had an experience like this maybe he kind of you know he's not it's not new to him so i i don't know i guess it's just tough to kind of get into terms yeah it's true luke is he's uh slovenia wherever the hell he's from yeah it's think like it's uh 18 to drink there so luke he's been drinking for a little bit already of course kelly Ubre, he is also out uh the memphis big men brandon clark and jaron jackson they're going to be missing tonight marcus Saul. He's out. Danilo Gallinari, he never plays on back-to-back, so we knew he was going to be out against Milwaukee. And Andre Drummond, he's going to miss for Cleveland, not that he's been doing anything for Cleveland anyway. So, I mean, when you look at this slate, like, what are the key pieces of information that you've been able to find? Like, who's the most important guy that's going to be missing today for your lineups? Uh, So far, officially being out, I think it's Gallinari. I think he opens up a lot uh, for some guys. I actually, in my expert survey, I had the Thunder listed as a team that I just didn't want to target prior to assuming Gallinari was going to be out or whatnot while I was doing it early this morning. And obviously Gallinari ruled out and that just changed everything. You you take him off the floor, all all the guys, all the main three guards get a boost. You can possibly give a few more minutes to Nerlens Noel, a guy who's really good per minute. Uh, Steven Adams gets a slight boost as well. So Tough matchup, a fast-paced matchup, but tough defensive matchup. But, yeah, I think, you know, guys like Schroeder and SGA and Chris Paul, I think guys are I'm going to have some interest in. So right now I would say that's probably the most important piece of new news. Obviously we have some older news with the, with the Memphis guys being out, with Kelly Oubre being out. Um, so that's that's kind of the old news that we uh, that's affecting lineups right now. I would say the biggest one is Kelly Oubre being out. I think that makes Darrow Sarge a really strong value play. Uh, Devin Booker was my cash game play in the expert survey today on both sides. I think he's a really strong play. Just way too cheap. You know, 33% usage rate with Uber off the floor, 1.25, I think it is, fantasy point per minute with Uber off the floor. So his numbers look really strong uh, with Uber gone. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned the situation in Oklahoma City. We've got Dennis Schroeder. He's going to see a, a tick up without Fiona Gallinari on the floor. Nerlens Noel, you mentioned him. Of course, Mike Mustala is going to be getting some ownership tonight as well. Mike Muscala value night. Uh, I'm not so sure how I feel about that. How do you feel about Mike Muscala talk night? Yeah, I definitely don't like that very much at all. I think, you know, Nerlens Noel could be would be a guy I would look at over Muscala. Um I've I don't have a really good feeling about Muscala at all. I'm actually I haven't seen that his I haven't seen the ownership projection yet since, you know, 
like two o'clock earlier today. So I'm surprised to actually hear that he's going to have ownership. So I think that'll be an easy fade for me. Yeah. I mean, if he was going to be unowned, I think I would want to, you know, take a few shots on Mike Muscala, but if he's going to be popular, in fact, guys, I've got good news for you because today we have made the projected ownership free. If you go through lineup HQ, so go to Roto Grinders, go to lineup HQ. Like you just saw me do. I'm going to go to DraftKings. That's where I'm playing tonight. And I'm going to pull up the ownership on one Mike Muscala, who is just not there. Oh, I'm yeah, I'm on the classic three game. That's why. Ah, it's messing with me, man. It's messing with me. I'm sitting here like, uh, this is going to be really awkward. Mike Muscala is not even around. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've got him projected at 5%. So maybe not. Maybe not. I'm surprised because for all the injuries we have, it doesn't seem like there's a ton of value on this slate. I mean, if I just sort of by projected points for, you know, points per dollar, John Henson, Against Phoenix, I'm not sure how I feel about John Henson, you know, being a great play today, even though 25% John Henson. Like, are you going there? Because I don't want to go there. Yeah, I listed him as uh, the guy that I would not be playing, mm-hmm. the low-owned uh, guy with, with so, much, so much some ownership on him, not necessarily chalk, but some ownership on him. I listed him as a guy I'm just not going to have. I think there are enough guys that maybe necessarily aren't dirt cheap or, or mid-price, but I think there are enough guys, uh, especially at similar positions. So a guy like Larry Nance, Dario Saric, I know he's a little bit more on DraftKings, but uh, I think I'd rather go to two guys like that rather than uh, going all the way down to Henson. I just don't really love the upside that he brings, and especially if he's going to have ownership on him on DraftKings, I think I'll just look other ways. Mike Buscaller, John Henson, pick one. John Henson. <laughs> you really hate Mike Muscala. You know, you also mentioned Dario Saric. He saw 31 minutes the other night without Kelly Oubre. He had kind of a rough first half, and I know a lot of people who were watching that game said, oh, boy, well, is he going to get there? Am I going to get screwed with Dario Saric chalk night? Even at 4.8K, I think he's a fine play. Like, I think yeah. Dario Saric at that price is perfectly reasonable. I mean, you're you're with me here, right? Like, I'm still willing to pay that. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, seeing him get in the starting lineup and then play the 30 minutes, I think it was just really encouraging. Uh, not the best matchup here. You know, Detroit does slow the game down a little bit, but uh, def- the defensive side of Detroit is not very good. So I think Sarge could, you know, he's always been a decent permanent guy, nothing, to, you know, that'll blow the ceiling out or anything like that. But you know, I, I do think he's solid 3-8 on Fando, so he's a much better play over there. But uh, I think Power Forward's got a, a few guys that are somewhat underpriced or, you know, a good value for their price tag today. And I think Sarge is definitely one of them. Yeah, and so we kind of should talk about the Phoenix situation because, like you said, Detroit, they're playing – they played in a slow pace all year. Now they're playing at an even slower pace, which is frustrating from a fantasy standpoint. We're going to have two guys in Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton who are both very popular. It feels wrong. And I was building lineups earlier today, and i got to say, it feels wrong – sitting there and saying, okay, well, I'm going to play three Phoenix Suns. And that's what I did in my lineup, though. You know, I had Booker, I had Aiden, and then I had Sarich. And Kyle, I got to say, man, that just did not feel right. Do you think three is too many? No, I actually like it a little bit. You know, oh, okay. uh, the, the, the Booker price tag is just, I think, way too cheap. Um, you know, Serge Ibaka actually just got ruled out and Fred Van Vliet ruled out. So oh, that's wow. – uh, so that was an, an interesting little twist. Norman Powell is listed probable now. So the Raptors just threw a little bit of a curveball at us. I guess that was my bad. I jinxed that one a bit. Um, but you as far as I told you here the first thing, hey, look, I guess we're not getting any news. And next thing but, you know, like. You that's fun, to. right? That was, that was fun. I had fun. <laughs> Glad you had fun. So, okay, let's go ahead and pull Serge Ibaka 
and Fred Van Vliet off because I think this is obviously going to bump up Kyle Lowry. It's obviously yeah. going to pa- bump up Pascal Siakam. You know, you see the, you know, the sample size, not massive, but if we scroll down here and take a look, you're going to see Siakam, a massive boost, 2.87% usage, 0.16 fantasy points per minute. That is huge. Kyle Lowry, not a massive bump up. I'm still going to play him plenty. Um, Oh, we got to take Marc Gasol off, too. Like, we're going to have no sample size. The sample size is just going to be like Derek Cardi pulling his hair out. It's not going to be pretty. Um, yeah, like, now I suppose the question is how many Raptors are too many Raptors? Because Siakam, Lowry, this is where all the usage is going to be. And, we, you know, we know that they're going to play the minutes in this matchup. So, I mean, what do you think about these Toronto guys now? Yeah, so I, I actually liked Siakam a little bit before. I know D-Train mentioned him prior to us going live and he mentioned in chat a little bit that he liked him uh he could be a little bit more popular now so maybe that's uh not the greatest thing but i do think he has a really strong play obviously you you mentioned the numbers i think he's probably one of the better plays uh especially on fandor where the price just isn't anything too extreme over there i think lowry's a strong play i would definitely prefer siakam over yeah. lowry i think point guard is pretty strong today uh especially on fandle where you know you got a guy like john Morant who's just extremely underpriced i like him a lot um so now we're gonna we're definitely gonna see some ownerships uh get shaken up here but you know then you got some value on this team too with with boucher or rhj i would probably say pick one of those two and then terrence davis you can go to as well Never love playing Terrence Davis, especially now with Norman Powell coming back. I think people might instantly, you know, t- their minds might instantly lead to Terrence Davis, and therefore he could be popular. And with Norman Powell coming back, even if Norman Powell is limited, because he has been out quite a while, uh, if he's limited and say he plays 20 minutes, that's 20 minutes that, you know, Terrence Davis can't have. So um, just kind of quick quick thoughts, first impression. I would assume that Terrence Davis could be an, uh, a fade to consider if he's going to be popular. Uh, I would love Siakam. I think I would lean RHJ over Boucher unless Boucher is for some reason starting. And uh, yeah, I think that's how I would approach it. Well, and let's not forget OG and an because I've got his card pulled right. up right here. And it's look, it's always the same thing with this guy and that we have no idea what we're going to get. This is the kind of guy where the projections I just don't care about because he might score 10 points. He might score 40 points. There's really not much of an in-between with an either. So He's one of these guys, like somebody's going to pick up the usage. Yeah, Lowry and Siakam, those are going to be the two most likely to get it done. But a guy like Ananobi, you mentioned Powell, even if he's limited. Ronda Hollis-Jefferson, Terrence Davis, uh, Chris Boucher, like Patrick McCall hasn't played in forever. Like now all of a sudden, and again, I understand that this matchup is not, it's not great. You know, Charlotte, good for fantasy production, not great for pace. I personally prefer Boucher in a spot like this. I like his athleticism more than Ronnie Hollis Jefferson, who's older than I am. Um, not older than you because you're like seven, but, you know, that's just uh, <laughs> that's how it works. But, like, Boucher would be the guy that I would prefer in this spot. Do you have a preference? I know we just found this out. But do you have a preference? I think it's going to come down to who starts. So this happened actually a couple weeks ago where Gasol was out. Uh, and then I, I don't know. I don't remember if Ibaka was out or not. I believe he was, and and they started Hollis Jefferson at the five. So, you know, I, I think it's going to come down to who they go with starting at the five because if Boucher doesn't start, his minutes just aren't guaranteed. And obviously I know he's a really good permanent guy, but whoever starts is going to get the bulk – is going to get the first crack at getting the hot hand, and I think whoever gets the hot hand is going to be the one that uh, does well for the, the most or whatever. So I, I think I would lean RHJ because I assume he's going to be the starter. If that changes, I would I would just lean whoever's starting. 
Yeah, and you know, this is a spot where you're going to have to monitor who's going to be starting. We sh- I don't know, we might know by the time this show's over. Yeah. This show's over, what, like 45 minutes? Maybe we'll know, maybe we won't. But, hey, it's just another reason to stay tuned for Crunch Time after this show for you yeah. premium members out there because they're going to have Meansy and Roth, and I would never know who's on with Meansy and Roth. I assume it's JSU. It's always JSU, man. It's always – yeah, yeah, okay, it's JSU. The dude's just like – he puts in hours, man. Like, the guy gets it done. But, like – you're going to want to play whoever, whatever big man is starting against Charlotte. Charlotte is just atrocious against the bigs, which means that Hollis Jefferson, Boucher, whoever it is, or of course Siakam too. Like I, I feel like Siakam's sort of a lock now. It's going to be really difficult for me to talk myself into building a lineup without Siakam. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see where his ownership goes because, you know, you mentioned it. Charlotte isn't really like a, uh, a sexy matchup. People don't necessarily, you know, fall in love with a matchup like that if he's gonna be super popular uh there are pivots definitely like one guy that i've been talking about today is brandon ingram i like him a lot it's a little bit cheaper than siakam on fandle uh and i think he's almost a thousand dollars cheaper on drafting so he could be a nice pivot but yeah i I think siakam is a very strong play and then maybe even playing siakam and ingram together makes makes a lot of sense so you mentioned brandon ingram he's expected to be popular 7.5k i know that Look, he's been getting it done. Just played 36 and a half minutes against the Lakers. It feels a little too expensive with all these guys healthy. I mean, I'm not missing anything. They've got Lonzo, Drew, Zion, Ingram. My biggest problem right now with the Pelicans is that they're all healthy. I want to play these guys when a couple of them are out. So do you still like Ingram even with this other news, or is he still a priority for you? Uh, I think – if he's going to continue to be low-owned, I'm sure the, the ownerships will change on him. But if he's going to be low-owned, I do think he is a really strong play, uh, especially if he's going to be sneaky. 7600 and 7500 is you know, possibly a little bit expensive considering all the miles that they had to feed. But I mentioned it in the expert survey. Over the last five games, he still has a 27% uh, usage rate. He still has over 20% assist rate and nearly 15% rebound rate. So the rates are still very strong. Obviously, he's going to take a, a decrease in rebounds with Zion coming in. And, and Zion's just had a massive usage rate since joining the team uh, in, in full capacity. So Ingram does get hurt there, but he's still been – the numbers have still been very strong. And when you're comparing prices to everybody, he's the third most, the third most expensive on the team behind Drew Holiday still, who's taken a massive hit. He's yeah. down to almost 21% usage rate. So uh, I definitely prefer Ingram over Holiday. And the pricing on Ingram is just, I think it's actually a pretty good spot for him. 7,500 on DraftKings, 76 on FanDuel. I think it's a pretty enticing price. Obviously, you have a great matchup against Cleveland. Um, a little bit of blowout risk here, but overall, if, if he's going to be a guy who's going to be less than 10% owned, I think it's a very interesting play. Yeah, and you know this whole game, this game as a whole is interesting. I mean, it's yeah. not like New Orleans plays phenomenal defense or anything like that. I mean, we've got a spot here where both these teams could put up a lot of points. I think this is a sneaky game stack. Are you interested in stacking this game? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mentioned it. If I'm going to be playing a guy like Ingram, I do like Zion a little bit. If I'm going to have interest in these guys, I'm going to want this game to stay close. And, you know, you take Drummond out of the equation. That opens up some minutes uh, for the big guys over in Cleveland. So I like Larry Nance a pretty good amount. I think he's a pretty strong play for the price. Even with Drummond in there, they were they were really making it a point to get him around 30 minutes played 30 minutes again uh, last game with Drummond out. I don't see why that would change. I don't know. I honestly really don't even know how they're doing it, but they're, they're finding a way to fit Love, uh, Drummond, Thompson, and Nance all into it's, the rotation. It's bizarre. Like, this this is a weird team. Like, the Cavs are just a really, really strange yeah. basketball team right now. Yeah, so then just taking Drummond, who was playing around 25 minutes a game, out of the equation, 
those are those minutes are going to mainly Thompson and Nance. So Nance is getting a nice little boost. I like him a pretty good amount. Love's price on FanDuel sixty two hundred is really cheap. Yeah. I can get behind that as well. And then Tristan Thompson at you know at a thirty minute mark for uh, projection wise, I think that's a, a pretty strong play. Don't love it. I think there are a lot of centers on the slate with really high upside. Um, so I, I would prefer to go with Nance or Love. But I just think the, both of those guys' prices are just too cheap, and it's a good matchup. Yeah, I think if you're playing on DraftKings, it's a two-center night. I mean, let's just take a look at some of the centers over here because the position is absolutely loaded. If you're spending up, you've got DeAndre Ayton. You've got Christian Wood if you want to play him there. Nikola Vucevic in a nice spot. If you're spending down, you know, you've got some value, especially with these Charlotte guys. Like, Do we have any idea what Charlotte's going to be doing from game to game now? Like, th- this Charlotte team, I can already tell, is going to drive me nuts for a while because – is it going to be Cody Zeller? Are they going to see what they have? I don't understand the whole, we're going to see what we have with Willie Hernan Gomez and Bismack Biombo. They've been on the team for two years. I don't really understand how they're just now like, well, I guess we're not winning a title. Maybe we should let these guys get a couple extra minutes. I don't get that. And yet here we are, Hernan Gomez should see some minutes. I think Bismack Biombo again, should see some minutes after crushing in the last game. I mean, what do we do with these Charlotte bigs? Like, I, I think it's a really interesting situation to monitor because it feels like, especially with no Serge Ibaka and with no Mark Gasol, one of these guys is going to have a nice game. Yeah, I think if if we get news that Biombo's starting, he could be somewhat interesting here. Obviously, you know, they took Zeller out of the starting lineup and they decided just to give him the day off entirely last game. So if they do that again here, or if they're, if they're just in a spot where they're like, well, screw it. Zeller's not doing anything for our team. We might as well let Biombo play uh, and just give him, you know, the old veteran sit down for the rest of the year or here and there. That could be something that continues to happen. And if that's the case, Biombo's minutes are going to be pretty solid. You know, I, then th- these guys won't be splitting four ways because you're considering PGA Washington to get some minutes at the five here and there as well. So then they're just splitting them two or three ways. So, uh, yeah, I think if Zeller is announced going back to the bench, you're going to stay at the bench. Biombo could be interesting. But there is some risk there because, you know, Zeller's not on the injury report. So he has a chance to either be active and get some minutes. So that's definitely a risk. So I think I would just stick to guys like uh, Thompson if I'm going to go down there in that that value or mid-tier range. And then there's a lot of guys at the high end. You mentioned Vooch, Aiton. I think Jokic is even in play here. And then Rudy Gobert against Washington. A lot of centers in play too. I love – and I'm glad you brought up Rudy Gobert because that brings me to my sharp side lock of the day. It's Rudy Gobert over points. 14 and a half points was his over under the small amount of juice on the over. And the nice thing about a slate like this is that somebody like Rudy Gobert, he's not going to be overly popular. If you're, you know, a lot of people are going to be spending down at the center position. Like we talked about John Henson, Willie Hernan Gomez. This is a spot where we have been targeting this Washington's team with big men all freaking year. And yet here we here we are with a guy that just is dominant inside with the guy that, look, when he gets in a good matchup against a team that loves the Chuck, he's not going to be popular. Are, are we really going to get Rudy Gobert at low ownership tonight? Um, so I think on DraftKings we can get him at potentially low ownership where you can play a ton of guys in that center spot. But on Fando, I think he could be the most popular center. Okay. And and over there, I think I'm I'm willing to fade that. You know, I just – I get it. Like Rudy Gobert is obviously in a really good matchup um, and he can get hot with, you know, blocks and, and whatnot. Obviously he's going to be a monster on the boards, but if he doesn't get those blocks, he could easily fail. And on FanDuel where those blocks are so important, if he's going to be the, the most owned center, I can definitely get away from, you know, 
from Gobert, considering I like Aiden a lot. I like Vooch a pretty good amount. And I think Jokic is interesting as well. So I get it. The price is really nice on FanDuel too. You know, I think he's like 7,500 or something, something yeah, like 7, that. Yeah, 7,600 on FanDuel, 7,800 yeah. on DraftKings. So the, the the price is really nice over there. But uh, I just think if he's going to be the most popular center on FanDuel, I think I can consider fading there on DraftKings. If, I don't think he'll be too popular over there considering you can play a handful of different guys. So I would probably rather play him over on DraftKings. Um, this whole game is interesting. You know, I mean, Utah has just been an absolute dumpster fire lately. But Washington is the slump buster that the Jazz need. And to me, Washington's going to come in. I know it's a road game in Utah, which we typically don't like to play guys from that. But I think even in a 10-point total, or in a 10-point spread, a 10-point total would not be one I was targeting. But I think this game is stackable because Bradley Beal has just been a walking minimum 50 points. And if you, I'm going to show you guys a little something here on Lineup HQ that a lot of you might not use. If you put, uh, scroll all the way over here this season, let's sort by the last two weeks. Who leads the NBA in usage the last, uh, the last two weeks? It is none other than one. Bradley Beal, 41.5%. And it's been like that for a while here. You want to sort by last four weeks? Let's do it. Its usage is Bradley Beal. He leads the league with 39%. So, like, why are I, – I know that he seems too expensive for a matchup with Utah. I understand that at 9-7. But in tournaments, I just don't get why people don't want to play this dude. Yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned it. Uh, on the pregame show the other day that this Utah Jazz defense, it's not as good as people think they are. They're 12th in defensive efficiency this year, and they were first two years ago and second last year. So, you know, people have this aura around the Jazz where they're a really good defensive team. And, yeah, they're not bad this year, but they're not that elite defensive team anymore. Uh, And it it kind of starts with Gobert. He hasn't been as good defensively. And obviously when you go go out and acquire Bogdanovich and you're starting him at the four with Ingles, uh, obviously your defense is just going to, it's going to lack a little bit and they haven't been bad by any means, but you know, they don't really have a whole lot of good individual defenders. So that will definitely hurt. And I think Beal is a really good play here. You mentioned it. He's going to be low owned. It's, it's tough for me personally, because I think, you know, getting a, you know, a near $2,000 difference on the guy like Devin Booker is interesting. I would Play yeah, you can definitely play in both. You can definitely play in both, but uh, I'm kind of in love with Dennis Schroeder at as shooting oh. guard as well. So you know, it's it's going to be tough. I'm going to have three lineups tonight, though, so I definitely think I'll have Beal in one of them. But I, I don't think he's going to be necessarily a guy that I really prioritize as like a core play. But I do think he has a really interesting tournament play for sure. I mean, you know me, I'm single entry crane tonight. So Bradley Beal, we've got him projected at two percent right now. I just like it's tough for me to fathom that there is a guy who at the minimum should get 50 and has 70 point upside is going to be 2%. That's crazy to me. It's just nuts. You mentioned another guy, Dennis Schroeder, that you like. Let's talk about him in this Oklahoma City situation. Because, again, no Danilo Gallinari tonight, which means that Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, all those guys get big bumps. And it sounds like Schroeder's the guy for you that you really want to be targeting. Yeah, so Schroeder gets a 31%. His usage is up to 31% with Gallinari off the floor. Obviously, Gallinari was the guy that kind of would stay back and play in that second unit with Schroeder quite often, so uh, that makes a lot of sense. I think Schroeder is just a really good play. You know, This is, this is going to be a game that's going to be up in pace. He's going to be playing against the secondary unit of the Bucks rather than that tough defensive unit for the most part. Um, and then, I, So I think it's a really good spot, and the price is really nice as well. 
So I'm, I like Schroeder a whole lot. 5,300 on Fando, I think it's just way too cheap. Um, there's going to be more minutes that he can potentially get. He's going to close, obviously. So that isn't too much of an issue. But the usage with Gallinari off the floor is just really enticing. So, yeah, I'm all about Schroeder. I think you can play Shea Gildas Alexander if you want to as well. But for the discount, you're kind of getting the same player. You know, you're just not getting, you know. They really are the same dude. The only difference is that Shea Gildas Alexander could play like 35 to 36 minutes. That probably won't happen too often with Schroeder. He's probably around 32, 33 for the most part on like a, on a high-end night. That's the main difference. Schroeder's actually better per minute, uh, per minute wise so far this year. And then when you take Gallinari off as well, other than that, there's not a whole lot of difference except for the pricing and the minutes. So the, for the discount, you're basically saying, I'm going to play the same guy for a discount to play four or five less minutes. So I like Schroeder a lot. What about Chris Paul? He's somebody that people played the other night, um, didn't do a whole lot. Is he going to be in some of your lineups today? Uh, I don't I don't think I'm going to get to too much Chris Paul. You know, I've mentioned some point guards I like a lot. I really like Trey Young. Um, I think Dinwiddie's a strong play again. I don't think people will be too high on him. I haven't checked his updated ownership, but considering what he did to everybody in that last matchup against the Wizards, I think people could be down on him a little bit. I like John Morant a lot on FanDuel where he's only 5'8". So there's just a, a few point guards that I like. You know, I, I think Conley's actually a pretty interesting play as well. So I just don't think I uh, get to – Get, get to him a whole lot and especially considering I like Schroeder so much so I probably won't you know be going out of my way to get both of those guys in the same lineup it feels like we have all been fading Mike Conley happily for the last you know three months almost and now suddenly he, the switch has flipped with him he's been yeah. putting up fantasy points that it's still not through the roof I mean 19 percent last game then 16 that said a match with Washington we talked about slump busters this is, you know, that's pretty much the definition of a slump buster. So I like Conley as well tonight. I don't like that he's going to be popular, especially on DraftKings. I'm seeing projected ownership at 37%. He get absolutely done. He is by no means a luck. But at 5,100 in this matchup, it's really difficult not to like him. Yeah, I mean, he is going to be pretty popular on DraftKings. So if you want to get away from it there, I totally understand that, especially considering you can play – you know, three or four of those forwards on, on DraftKings where you can save money. But on FanDuel, he's going to be, we have him projected for 3% right now. So I think that's pretty interesting. Obviously, you mentioned it's a really good matchup. Uh, he's going to be in the starting lineup again, and the minutes have been really solid. So um, we, we got word that uh, RHJ and Norman Powell are going to start. So uh, at least we get a little bit of resolve on that. Uh, does that mean, <laughs> does that mean, I will actually have to play Rondé Hollis. I don't want to play RHJ. I don't want to play him. Single entry crane does not want to mess with Rondé Hollis Jefferson. I might not do it. Maybe I'll gamble a little bit with Chris Boucher. I don't hate that. Uh, they want to know thoughts on Lowry on FanDuel. The price is lower. I, I have no problem with Kyle Lowry. None whatsoever. It's, I mean, he, he's fine. The problem is, as Kyle was talking about, there are quite a few point guards over on FanDuel, which I would assume, and you, I'm not playing FanDuel tonight. I know you are. You know, you've got, you mentioned Trey, you've got Luca up there, who I assume Luca's not going to be crazy popular. Spencer Dinwiddie, you mentioned you liking him. Kyle Lowry, though, where, where is he? Where's, oh, there he is, 7 3. Okay. The ownership that you see right now, 3%, that's going to be a lot higher. Is he going to be a guy that you target over there? Yeah, I think I'll have some interest in him. You know, he's going to play a ton of minutes. Obviously, he gets the boost. I, it's just, you mentioned that there are a lot of point guards that I like, and I, I usually, I will admit, I usually do underestimate Kyle Lowry for the most part. I'm just, I'm not a Kyle Lowry guy at all. If you guys 
were following my Twitter account at all on the All-Star game, you realize that I'm just not, not a fan of Kyle Lowry whatsoever. The other night when he went under George Hill's legs, like he just does stuff like that. To And I just can't wrap my head around Kyle Lowry as a basketball player. But he is, he is a solid play today, I will admit that. But for me, I think I would lean playing Spencer Dinwiddie because then I can play Dinwiddie and Siakam next to each other. I like both of those guys. Dinwiddie is the same price as Lowry. I assume Lowry will be more popular. Um, if Lowry's going to be contrarian, obviously these these ownerships aren't updated. But if for some he's reason he's not going to be contrarian, right? Right, I agree, and that's kind of why where I'm getting at. Is I think that this so this ownership is going to drive the percentages on other guys to fall. Mm-hmm. The guys that I liked early in the day, so I'm just going to stick with those guys. I think guys like Dinwiddie, guys like Morant, Trey Young. I don't think will be too affected by this ownership, considering they're in d- different price ranges. But those are those are two guys that I like a lot. That I think ownerships will go down a bit. Um, considering Lowry, I think you should definitely consider him, but I, I think right now I, I prefer Siakam, so I'll just go elsewhere at point guard. Yeah, and you know, a guy right under that price range is De'Aaron Fox. We don't have news on him yet. If he plays, he's a fine play. The problem is, I don't think we're going to know. You know, the, the Kings have not been great with injury reporting. I don't think we're going to find out about De'Aaron Fox before uh, this slate starts, especially over on Fandle. We have one guy. Were you around? I mean, I know you weren't working at Roto Grinders, but were you watching? A few years ago when the guy was, would keep asking Poop and Tony and myself, Hyder Forte every day, we'd be doing football. And like I, the guy would spam like oh, five yeah, yeah. times, Hyder Forte, season long, every freaking time. And anyways, it became a running joke. So to the guy asking about Markel Fultz and who has asked about Markel Fultz roughly 5,000 times, <laughs> before I didn't even answer. I just like, I ain't going to answer this, dude. I'm just going to keep letting him type into, you know, the abyss and whatever happens, happens. But I am a man of the people now. So <laughs> here's my answer for Markel Fultz. Not today. I have no interest in Markel Fultz. Do you? Uh, he's in a good matchup. I just, so many other point guards. Like, I, I don't, I'm playing on Fandle personally, so I'm for sure playing Conley or Morant over Markel Fultz. So, I mean, maybe on DraftKings where those other guys are going to be more popular, like Conley is going to be extremely popular. Maybe over there I can get behind it more where it's more of a leverage play. But for me, I prefer Morant, so I'll just stick with that. Yeah, and they were asking about Shabazz Napier. I don't think this, you know, it's a nine-game slate. Do we really have to play Shabazz Napier against the Jazz? Like, I, I like Beal. I don't like the ancillary pieces, though. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting that he's going to be back in the starting lineup, but I, I just like other other places more. You know, the the price tag on Napier isn't anything where I feel like I'm truly getting a bargain on him. You know, he started last game and played 24 minutes, so I, I just don't feel like there's a too much of a bargain there. I'd once again rather go Mike Conley. Well, another guy that's going to be pretty popular tonight is DeAnthony Melton. He got the start last time for Memphis. I expect him to get the start this time. Shooting guards against the Kings have been a thing all season, and he's likely to play shooting guard tonight with John Morant in there. So the Anthony Melton, he's 4-7 over on FanDuel. DraftKings, he is well, – I'm not. he's around that same price tag. I'm not sure how I feel about a chalky DeAnthony Melton. The usage seems to be down lately. I know that he was good for a while. He has not seemed all that good to me as of late. Are you interested in Melton? Um. No, I don't think I find myself going there. He did have a big game against the Kings last time, just a few days ago when they played. Um, but I just don't think I'll get there too often. Yeah, it's. I would rather find a way to get to Dylan Brooks. Because Dylan Brooks, you know, were you watching that Houston game, the Houston-Memphis game yeah. where Houston just blew him out? Yeah. Do you know who led that game in shots? It wasn't James Harden. 
It wasn't Russell Westbrook. It was Dylan Brooks who chucked 26 times in one game. It's amazing. I mean, the dude just loves to get the ball in his hand. And he was popular that night. And I'm sitting here because he had been terrible for a while saying, well, okay, this isn't going to end very well for me because Dylan Brooks has just decided he is going to shoot every damn time he gets the basketball. That's what happens. He got there. Do you think he gets there tonight? Because, again, nice match against the Kings. Yeah, uh, I think he's in a, an okay spot. But, you know, I've mentioned guys that I like. You know, and for me, I'm doing three lineups tonight, so I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of spreading out. But I would prefer if, – if Fox sits, I would probably prefer Bogdanovich and Heald over him. Uh, I like Schroeder more, and then I like Kevin Herter more as well, who we haven't really talked about you much. You love but, Kevin Herter. Like, is he your favorite player? Player? He's. I, I don't know if he's my favorite player, but I, I do like him for fantasy, and I do think he's a, a pretty strong play most nights because he's going to play. He has nights where he's going to play thirty to forty minutes night in and night out. So you know, now he gets a match against the Nets. It's way too cheap. Uh, I am. I am a little bit of a of a Kevin Herter homer, but yeah, I, I like him a lot. I mean, I'm looking at his picture right now. Once again, there is no way that this guy is a real NBA player. Like he no, definitely looks like a math teacher. There's no shot that this dude should be a uh, should be an NBA player. You know, they were talking in the chat. They say if you're playing DeAnthony Melton, would you build a group of no more than one of he or John Morant? And I said, I said yes, and I kind of feel the same way about Dylan Brooks as well yeah. with that group. It's frustrating to me because I had a lineup earlier that I was building. And they and Brooks and uh, Melton fit just perfectly together, and I was like, "Ah, not going to do it." Um, you know, we were talking about those guys being out for, uh, you know, Memphis. What about Jonas Valanciunas against Sacramento? I mean, it, look, I know the minute projection isn't great on him. You know, you take a look at these games the last twenty three minutes, twenty five, twenty four, twenty, twenty seven. I just have trouble paying nearly seven thousand for a dude that's not going to play twenty eight minutes. Yeah, so so my opinion on that is, if you if you want to play a Memphis center, I think you can play Georgie Jang, who I, I they're close enough in in fantasy point per minute, and obviously you get a discount of almost two thousand dollars, and they're going to play similar minutes. You know, I'm sure Valanciunas will get a few more, but if the game goes a certain way, if Valanciunas gets in foul trouble, Jang has the upside to even get more minutes than him. So I would just rather play Jang if I wanted to play a Memphis center. Uh, de- they definitely both come with risk because their minutes just aren't great. They're definitely not strong. They're probably going to split the 48 close to down the middle with a slight lean towards Valanciunas. But, um, yeah, so if I'm going to play Valanciunas, if I have an interest in a Memphis center, I think I would just prefer to go to Jang. Yeah, I sort of feel the same way. The gorgeous dong, as we used to call him over here. The old school Roto-Grinders guys know exactly what I'm talking about with the gorgeous dong. But, yeah, I have no problem with him tonight. Um, you know, we've gone – 40 minutes on this show. We haven't talked about Giannis. That feels a little bit weird, the matchup with Oklahoma yeah. City. Of course, not the best matchup, but it's freaking Giannis. Like, he is not a priority spin for me today, which feels wrong because I feel like any time that Giannis is on the slate, I should probably have a little interest. What are you doing with Giannis today? Yeah, he obviously he's gonna he's gonna look fine and dandy and, and projections and whatnot. And he looks he looks nice for me, but when it comes down to building a lineup that I'm confident in, uh, I just feel better about not having him in it. You know, with a, having maybe one guy that's. I just think there's so many guys that are around nine or ten k that have a bunch of upside. And now we add Siakam to that list. We have Bradley Beal. We have Devin Booker, who's seven five. We have Trey Young. 
Spencer Dinwiddie. I think a lot of these guys have just massive upside. Then you can consider for me personally, I want to pay up a little bit at center between probably Vooch or Aiton. Um, those guys are 9K. I think they have a lot of upside. So for me, the way my lineups are just being built, I feel more comfortable going a little bit more balanced, not having Giannis. Uh, it is somewhat interesting now because I do like that game more considering <laughs> Gallinari's out. So I find myself on the Thunder a little bit more. But for me, I, for the most part, I think I'm just going to get away from Giannis. I just have a lot of confidence in Siakam and Ingram at that position. Yeah. And then there's a guy who's just way too cheap at the small four position in Bojan Bogdanovic, who gets a matchup against his former team, the Wizards. Obviously can't get much of a better matchup than that, and he's 4-8. So he's the guy who's been in the 6Ks all year. Now he's 4-8. It's been terrible, absolutely horrible. Yes. But, hey, that's what you got to do. You get a guy cheap. And then we just got news that Cam Reddish is going to be starting today due to – He's terrible. Uh, Cam Reddish stinks at basketball. If he's going to play 30 minutes, though, and, and now considering oh. that him and Hunter are both starting – they're not going to be taking too many minutes away from each other. So I mean, he's uh, like a both... skinny version of P.J. Tucker. He just does nothing out there. That's how a lot of guys are, though. I mean, a lot, a lot of guys that we roster regularly in NBA are terrible and do nothing a lot. But when they're val- when they're cheap and you know they get uh, an increase in their role, it's it provides an opportunity. And now with Reddish starting, him and Hunter won't be able to take away minutes from each other because they're both starting. Uh, Coach Lloyd Pierce said it was due to some matchup reasoning. I don't. I didn't read too much in, into that, but Hunter and Reddish, I think you can both you can play both of those guys. I think they're interesting. Sorry, we're talking about gorgeous uh, the gorgeous dong in uh, the chat. I have I have nothing to say more about Cam Reddish except for I'm, I'm uh, sure it's PG thirteen for sure. Yeah, of course, it's PG thirteen. That's how we roll over here on the Roto Grinders. Yeah, I mean he's he's not going to be chalky. I was expecting when I pulled up his player card for him to be in the threes on both sites. He's four four on DraftKings and four seven on FanDuel. Yep. Just no, no. His upside is like five. Like I'm not messing with Cam Reddish. Like the dude is just not good at the old uh, the old basketball. They want to know if Bismack is starting. He's not good. Stop it. They want to know if Bismack is uh, starting. We don't know yet. I think he's going to start. If he starts, let's see. What's the price on Bismack Biombo? Four two. I'm I'm still willing to play him. I would still be willing to play Bismack Biombo if he starts tonight. Would Would you be playing him if he? Uh, he draws the start for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, I would like to hear news that Zeller isn't going to play, or he isn't going to play a whole lot to to feel real confident about it. But um, but yeah, I think if he's going to be starting, he's at least someone to consider and has some interest in for sure. I feel oddly confident that Zeller's just not going to get minutes. Like, I, maybe yeah, I mean, maybe I'm just being silly here. Maybe I'm just being delusional. There are just so many good center plays, man. Like all yeah, these that, center plays are just so good. Biombo's just going to going to be another guy, which means that none of these guys are going to be too popular. Remember that if you're out there building lineups. Do not concern yourself too much with, oh, this guy's going to be too popular. I can't play him. It's a nine-game slate. There are a million options. Do not freak out. You know, if you, by, you know, don't worry yourself saying, well, this guy's going to be too chalky. You know, we always talk about this. No guy is too chalky on a nine-gamer. And if he is, you just fade him. If you really think the guy's going to be 50%, all right, see you later. Not going to mess with it. Um, all right, game stacks. Let's talk some game stacks. It sounds like Sacramento Memphis might be one that you're a little bit interested. Uh, Washington, Utah is one that I like um, that nobody else is going to stack up. Dallas and Miami, high total outside of Luke. I, I am not a Jimmy Butler guy in this spot. Are you playing Jimmy Butler at all? I get People like him, and he just feels a little too expensive to me, and everybody else thinks he's too cheap, but I don't know. I, I've never been happy when I've rostered Jimmy Butler, basically. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I do think he's a good, like, if you want a cash play, I think he has a pretty solid floor, but uh, I don't necessarily love the upside. You know, they have a lot of guys that can, you know, get going, like Bam Adebayo, those wings, like uh, Dragic and and none. So I just don't love it. And then you got Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, and the the Thunder guys that are cheaper. Uh, We actually didn't mention it, but it looks like Middleton is questionable now. Okay. Um, I just saw it on one one report don't know if it's been confirmed or if it's on the official report now but him being out could be interesting we should also talk about Karis Levert because in his last game he went for 60 um 65 fantasy points which was out of nowhere I I was building I was single entry carrying that night too and I had a few lineups that I was you know going back and forth you know if you're doing one lineup you always end up building like you know, three or four, and then just picking your favorite one. I had a Levert and a couple of them, and eventually I just said, I cannot pay $7,500 for Karis Levert. I fully understand Kyrie's out. I know he gets the big-time boost. I ain't doing it. And yet, he ended up being the highest scorer on the slate. And if you wanted to take down any reasonable tournament, you needed Levert in your lineup. So tonight, Levert, are we willing to go back to the Karis Levert well? Because at 8-3... I know the match with Atlanta is great. I can't pay over eight three eight k for Karis freaking Levert. This seems like a FanDuel play to me. Yeah, man. But you, when you take away the name, it's all right. So over the last five games, 20, 21, 19, 29, and twenty shot attempts. Over the last five games, thirty three, thirty three, twenty six, thirty six, twenty eight percent usage rate. So when you look at those numbers, the opportunities have just been amazing. For him so I mean for me personally I, I would decide between Dinwiddie or Levert and pick one of those guys um, it is tough I, I do like Levert a little bit I think on on DraftKings I would prefer Dinwiddie uh, I've mentioned I like Dinwiddie a pretty good amount primarily because I think people will be low on him they'll, they'll be down on him and now he's cheaper on DraftKings and than Levert so I think that's interesting um, but yeah I think I think Levert is still a good play and I think if if Sticker Shock is going to bring ownership down on him He's another small or another shooting guard that I think is pretty interesting. But right now, 23% projected ownership on FanDuel. So uh, I don't think it's going to be anything where we're getting him at like an extreme ownership discount. Uh, Well, when I look at Spencer Dinwiddie, I see a guy here that is going to be under 10%. Like you said, he's under 8K over on DraftKings. And he's going to be matched up with Trey Young, who's probably the worst defender in all of basketball. So, yeah, I have no problem whatsoever with Spencer Dinwiddie. In fact, I might try and make it a priority to get him in some lineups because it's difficult for me to imagine a scenario where he hurts you. He's got upside, and I think the downside is basically nil. So on a slate where people probably aren't going to play, and we like that range quite a bit, I think Dinwiddie is a really, really sharp play. Um, If Middleton is ruled out, are we interested in Eric Bledsoe? I almost said Drew Bledsoe. I'm not sure why the hell I almost did that. Are you interested in Eric Bledsoe? Are we bumping up Middleton? Because to me, it's really weird. Because when Giannis is in, he's just the dude. Like, I know Middleton's had some nice games here and there with Middleton in, but it doesn't move the needle that much for me if Middleton is out. What does it do for you? Um, So, I, I agree. I think Giannis is the guy through and through when, whenever he's on the floor. But the thing for me is it might just make it so it's tougher for them to get Giannis off the floor. So we've seen a lot of times this year yeah. where Giannis is playing 25, 26 minutes because it's tough. You know, you don't, they don't necessarily need him all the time because they do have those 
those guys like Middleton, like Bledsoe to rely on. So taking Middleton out of the equation makes it a little bit tougher for them to do that. So that could be an interesting kind of uh, thought on, on Giannis, if he can get more minutes that way. Obviously I don't think, you know, usage will be an extreme bump. It might be a slight bump, but yeah, very, it's very small. I'm looking at it. it's, it's plus 1.2% plus one, okay. you know, 0.03 fantasy points per minute. So basically nothing. Um, you know, yeah. it, so I will say that Eric Bledsoe gets a reasonable boost, plus 2.3%, plus 0.05%. This is on FanDuel, by the way. So, I mean, I guess Bledsoe is fine, but I don't know, man. It's just Giannis or nothing for me. I very rarely, you know, it's like with the Lakers. You know, I play Anthony Davis. I play LeBron James. I just don't mess with the other dudes unless Rajon Rondo is going to put up 30. Like, I kind of feel that way about the Bucks. If it's not Giannis and he's in there, it's nobody to me. Is there, I mean – like, would you roll with the guy? Maybe Pat Connaughton? Maybe we play a little Pat, Patty C, a little Dante DiVincenzo? Are we willing to gamble there? I think I think Dante DiVincenzo would be interesting. Uh, again, for him, the, the, only, the only real issue is the minutes. The usage isn't anything crazy. It's not going to be when you're playing with Giannis, but around 20% when you take Middleton off the floor, around one point per minute. If you get this guy, you know, 28, 29 minutes, that could be huge for him. So I, I like I would like him a little bit, but I do think if Middleton were to sit, I would probably lean. I would I'd probably switch my stance. I think I would want to get Giannis in my lamps a little bit more um, than I do now. Obviously, I just think that the whole, the minutes thing is going to be a huge bump for him. I just don't see them leaving him off the floor too long, especially if this game remains close at all. Uh, we've seen close games where he's only playing twenty eight, twenty nine minutes at times, uh, where you know they kind of pull away at the end. So I just don't think that would be possible. So I think Giannis would be a, a really strong play. I think he'd be the top spend up if Middleton does it. You know, let's just kind of take a look at some of these contextual things going on with Giannis because I assume you saw the uh, the James Harden interview. Uh, which one? Did, Where, did you see James Harden be interviewed by Rachel Nichols yesterday? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah, we're, we're, James Harden is in there just basically saying that you know, if he was seven foot and could dunk, uh, you know, could dunk every play, it'd be really easy for him. And he actually has skill. And now you know, I'm just sitting here thinking about this out, you know, just in real time. Now you've got Giannis playing on ESPN tonight after that interviewed Aaron, trying to, you know, trying to lock up the MVP. I think Giannis could very easily have a middle finger game tonight. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, Obviously, ESPN is a little bit of a narrative that a lot of people like to say, but that I, it does feel real. Like when guys are know they're on ESPN or TNT or whatever it may be, it just feels like they want to you know get going a little more, show off a little bit. And I mean, the, the concern for it on the other side of things, OKC did play last night. Obviously, they're without Gallinari, could be a little bit shorthanded. Maybe they get blown away. But if Middleton's out and they if they're getting blown out, it's going to be because of Giannis for sure. So um, yeah, I, I would like Giannis a whole lot. I really, the more I think about it, I might just start my lineup with Giannis and figure out the rest later. It, and so for for uh, Fanduel, obviously no late swap. It could be a, a nice little way to gain some leverage because maybe the ownership won't be as high on Giannis. I'm, I'm I'm sure it'll have some ownership. I haven't checked since we started the show, but uh, maybe if it, it would be higher. If yeah, right now we have him as the fourth highest small forward. So he's behind the guy like Torian Prince, Brandon Ingram, and, and Bogdanovich. Hasn't been updated since the Siakam news, so I assume Siakam will pass him too uh, with all the Raptors news, I mean. But you can play Giannis here, and then obviously Giannis could be a good play no matter what. If Middleton's ruled out after after lock, he could be the best play of the night, yeah. and then you're getting him at lower ownership on Fando where there's no late swap. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm still sitting here looking at Giannis. He's projected to be 11% owned. Like, you just – you know what? Never mind. Here, I'm going to click the little lock button on Giannis. <laughs> I will figure out the rest later. If you take one thing from the show – and this is one of the nice things about doing these shows, and I've told a lot of people this, is that you kind of just get to talk through situations. You know, you just yeah. heard Kyle and I sit here and say, okay – what about this? What happens if this happened? Are we going to like this situation if this happens? Wait, what if Middleton is in? And then suddenly we realize, wait, Giannis is still going to be low-owned in a spot where he's, you know, pissed off, on a spot where he's on national TV, and we're going to get him at 11%. Yep, that's okay. Guys, you will see me with Giannis tonight, all right? I'm single line of crane, and you're going to see me with Giannis. I'm not going to say his last Can you say his last name? Antetokounmpo. Oh, look at you just rolling yeah. it off the tongue, man. Just nothing to even worry about. Um, <laughs> you know, the chat wants to know if we're willing to fade Lowry because Charlotte has played relatively well against point guards. I'm just going to say this. When a guy is going to get all the usage, I don't give a damn. You know, oh, they're good against point guards. It's like the dude's going to get 31%. You have a you know, usage rate over 30% tonight. Just play, like he's a fine play. The same as Pascal Siakam. Are there any of these popular guys that you say, you know, I just don't want to play? Oh, my goodness. Have you seen the updated projected ownership? Yeah, I just refreshed. <laughs> I mean, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, <laughs> 68% projected ownership. Are you playing 68% owned Rondé Hollis Jefferson? Um, I, I, so, okay. So I I still think Dario Sarge is a really good pivot. And for Sarge, you don't have to necessarily worry. I mean, yeah, sure, Cam Johnson could come in and, you know, get hot and then Sarge misses a rotation or whatever. Hollis Jefferson, it's a real concern that Boucher gets these minutes. Yes. I mean, yeah, sure, Hollis Jefferson can get 30 like he did last game with Ibaka out and just smash and Boucher not do anything. But Sarge, the concern isn't really there to where, you know, you have a guy who plays the same position who's going to come in and directly take minutes away one way or the other. Cam Johnson played 26 minutes last game. Darius Sarge still got 31. So Darius Sarge, $100 more expensive on FanDuel. On DraftKings, it's a little different. You, you get a, a pretty pretty significant discount. I think it's like six or $700, so maybe a little bit more cheaper over there. But um, on FanDuel, I think I would still lean Sarge because 70% projected ownership right now. Like <laughs> you mentioned it. You mentioned it. If it's a 10-game slate. If there's going to be a guy that's going to be over 50%, you at least got to consider a, a pivot or a fade. Yes. So Sarich and Boucher are both direct pivots on on, on site like FanDuel. And then on, on DraftKings, you can make it work as well. Yeah, I think that it's really interesting to kind of take a look at fading guys like that. One guy I'm not going to be fading, and I know we got about five minutes left. Any, any more questions, go ahead and fire them in. Of course, we're going to answer them for you. But Devin Booker, you know, they wanted to know who our lock of the night was. He is my lock of the night. I'm not willing to fade Devin Booker. Um, 7.8K. You know, people – a lot of people played him against um, the Clippers the other night. I genuinely did not get that. And I scripted that night and I had no Booker. Zero. Zero Devin Booker. Because I hate him, you know, especially like when he's playing, not because I hate him, sorry. I, you know, <laughs> one, he defers a little bit too much to Aiton and Rubio to me. Two, he is playing a team with phenomenally long wing defenders, which he struggles with. In a matchup like this, though, in a matchup against the Pistons, who I could I, I could get two points against the Pistons. I could do it. I am not concerned 
with the defense of Derrick Rose. I am not concerned against with the defense of Bruce Brown or you know Sioko Dumboya. I am not concerned with the defense of any of these dudes. So to me, Booker's one of those guys. I'm just not willing to fade. So okay, my lineups. This is how we're starting: Giannis, Booker, figure the rest out. I like it. I will say one thing: the the matchup for Booker does get better if Bruce Brown sits. He's uh, he's not amazing but he's their best perimeter defender by far uh you know i'm from michigan and everyone around here just praises bruce brown for his defense like that's he's like our the, the favorite player in the area that's, that's how that's, bad that says about are. pistons exactly yeah. but he is questionable with a knee injury missed last game if he's out uh the the, the matchup only gets better for booker uh, we have one comment in here with Reddish in. Collins is going to move to the center position. And we know we saw earlier in the year Collins crushing when he played center against Brooklyn. Yep. Jared Allen, somebody that I, I want to play Jared Allen. I am a Jared Allen guy. Jared Allen. <sighs> Last game scares the hell out of me. And I know that DeAndre Jordan got the majority of the minutes because he was just playing better. I want to play Jared Allen tonight because it's a great spot. I don't think I can, though. It is a really good matchup. The, the it's just never safe with Jared Allen. You know, it could go either way. I think there was a little bit of foul trouble in that game last time out. So obviously doesn't help, but still the minutes in the first half were they were favored to Jordan before foul trouble even really occurred. So uh, it, it can go either way. And Larry Nance is the same price on FanDuel. So I think I would just prefer to go there. Uh, we have one person who has been continually asking about Patrick Beverly, Hyde or Forte or Patrick Beverly. I'm not, I'm not playing Patrick Beverly tonight. I don't think this is the slate. No, don't play Pat Bev. If yeah, he, like if I, he goes off, if he goes off, he's not killing you, and I just don't. Yeah. By the way, they have Reggie Jackson now too. Like it's just what. Yeah. Th- this is not the slate for Patty Patty Beverly. All right, let's. Uh, wait, wait. We had a question in the chat. May I fade Middleton for my lineup? I, yeah, I think you can easily fade Middleton now. Like, I mean, look, even if he plays, he's still the second fiddle to Giannis. There, I just don't see a reason to mess with Middleton. Do you? I mean, I didn't have interest in him before, so I would I would say no pretty easily. I mean, you got Booker priced similarly. Uh, you got Mitchell priced similarly. Uh, so I just don't really have any interest in it. On FanDuel, there's no point to mess with it if you don't have news. So just, yeah. Um, all right, last thoughts on the slate for you. Who Who's your lock of the day? We didn't, I, I didn't get your sharp side pick of the day. Who's your sharp yeah. side of the day? So my sharp side lock is John Morant over, I think it was 18 and a half. It was either 18 and a half or 19 and a half points. So I, I mentioned I like that a lot. I like Morant a lot. Um, you know, he's a guy who's been relying on scoring quite a bit for fantasy purposes, which is not ideal when you're talking about DFS. But for a lock bet like this, I do think it's a pretty good pick. I think this game will be close you know, and they'll need the points for him. Yep. And my lock bet was over 14 and a half Rudy Gobert points just because Anybody who is over seven feet against the Washington Wizards should very, very easily be able to score a 14 and a half. And I got to get back on my streak. My sharp side. Now you sound like James Harden. What? Seven feet tall. I could do that. Oh, God. I'm sorry, James Harden, if I just insulted you. I know you're a regular watcher of this show. Um, Yeah, like I'm just going to – I like Gobert. I like him. But the more I think about it, like I said, I'm starting with Booker and I'm starting with Giannis. I will figure the rest out. Later, Kyle, do you have a favorite value play for me? Oh, real quick, Milton was officially ruled out, but favorite value play, Dario Sarge. Not FanDuel. Uh, uh, DraftKings, right. Nance. Yep, I do not have a favorite value play yet. I am really hoping that we get more news. I'm really hoping that well, we Well, now, now you got DiVincenzo. And see, now you're I thinking. Say, hey, 
Look, man, if we're going to end this show with a couple of double Ds, I'm all right with that. We got to jump <laughs> off here, though. We got to make way for Meansy, Kevin Roth, and JSU. They're going to be hanging out with you premium members on crunch time. So uh, if you're not a premium member, go ahead and get on it. Also, Lineup HQ, you're, going, you're getting – if you go through Lineup HQ, you're going to get projected ownership for free tonight. And as you see – this slate is constantly changing. It's a nine-game slate. It's going to be changing for the next half hour, for the next 40 minutes, however long, because you get a big slate on a weekend. Yeah, things are going to get weird. That's how it always is. But, of course, the Rotor Grinders, we are here to help you through it. We got to go, though. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll catch you all later. Peace.